In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership. Saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks for joining us, and happy Friday, everybody. Hey, what's up? Yay! So wait, how long has it been since the three of us have been together in, in a recording studio? Like a month at least. Yeah, it's been a while. Wow. Bring the band back together. It's horrible. I hate it. Get, rid of, get out, I, both I of you. <laughs> I want to be alone. It's a reunion special, guys. Yay! Yay! Yay. Uh, let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games, and I will most certainly cry during Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, although not as badly as I did during Coco. I'm Brian Truitt, and I I watch a lot of movies, and I am going to cry a lot. Not as probably as much as like a Field of Dreams like screening, but like more than like Coco. I'm Kelly Lawler. I watch television, and I will obviously, obviously be crying during Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Probably not as much as I cried during a Broadway show Next to Normal, for which I s- sobbed during the entire first act. But um. Maybe as much as I did during Million Dollar Baby. Okay, real quick, Ugly Cry movie. I pick Coco, obviously. Is it what one movie, TV show, Ugly Cry guaranteed for you? I mean, I don't ugly cry. Like, Field of Dreams, I always get, like, tear up at. And Coco, like you said, I think I, I got, that wrecked me. Inside Out kind of wrecks me a little bit. But I don't like ugly cry. I get, like, teary. I thought I was going to get teary during Coco, and then I could hear myself crying because I was so, so upset. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> Kelly. The episode of Buffy where her mom dies. And uh, spoiler alert for something that happened in the early 2000s. I think we're safe. If this is your first time listening, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts. We would absolutely cry if you wrote a quick review about the show. Cry in a good way, because hopefully it's positive. But anyway, by doing that, you'll help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a bonus, we'll give you a very special shout out on the next episode. I think Kelly hinted at maybe me reading something in a weird voice or one of us reading something in a funny voice. So that's still up in the air. So if you you do this, you know, super bonus for you. I prefer Brian's Ray Liotta impression. Yeah, I don't even remember what I did. I'm never going to channel it, channel it for next time, my friend, because it's coming. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what I did. <laughs> so try it out. Everybody wins. You get a shout out. We get some great feedback. So there you go. Uh, don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can send an email to MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Now, don't forget, we are also running our Halloween costume contest on Twitter. Send us your awesome nerdy ideas at Mothership Pod. And we'll pick a winner. The winner gets to choose a future episode topic for the mothership. Shout out to Danielle, who shared this really cute picture of her dog with the message, the one time I got crafty, hashtag supernatural. Brian, you're the supernatural buff here. so Yeah, it's awesome. It's like this little cute puppy in the Black Impala, which everybody knows is named Baby. It's like really awesome. So like, give us your awesomest stuff, and uh, we, we can't wait to see it. 
Don't forget, the winner gets to pick a future episode topic. So send them in. We love seeing all these Halloween ideas. On to the main topic. Here's a clip. It's an instinct. together we're not alone good people will fight if we lead them people keep telling me they know me no one does Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. That was from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the, hard to say, the last really trailer of this whole Star Wars saga that we have been experiencing since the 70s. 42 years. Insane. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what we saw in this final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, what we're expecting all the little nuggets that you always seem to find in all these fun trailers. So let's just start kind of big picture. Brian, we'll start with you. What did you think of this final trailer? So it's funny. I watched it with my wife. And like the first thing I said to her was like, that was really awesome. I have no idea what just happened. Because there's like so much happens in that like two minutes. And it's it, it's kind of like the first Force Awakens trailer that J.J. Abrams did, where it was just like, it was a bunch of like cool things, but you're like, I don't even know how all these things fit together. But it, it looks cool. And at least we know a lot of the characters now. But there's like, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of red herrings in there. I think there's a lot of like dream sequences probably, but it's just like trying to figure out what the plot of this movie is going to be. is It's like a Jenga puzzle or something. They are the masters of showing you everything and nothing at the same time. Um, Kelly, what did you think? I agree with Brian. I think they 100% nailed the emotion that they wanted to nail. I hope that's the emotion of the film, but trailers can be edited. And this one was very well edited. I liked the cuts between Ray jumping in two different places. That was great. Also, shout out to Daisy Ridley, who clearly has been hitting the track. That trailer was mostly just her running, running with the lightsaber man (laughs) very quickly over uneven terrain. Lots of Um, cardio. But, I mean, it was, I liked the theme. I liked the idea of it ending something, but also something being ever-present. This whole, the saga ends, but the story lives forever, or however they exactly said it. I mean, I got very emotional watching her hug Carrie Fisher as Leia, even though I've seen that clip, which is excess footage from The Force Awakens. That was done like five years ago. That was done like five years ago before, but I was just like watching it and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she died. That happened a while ago, but I just like, it happened all over again, which I think is going to be very impactful when the film comes out. And I just, I like when Star Wars prefaces emotions over specificities. I think 
the prequels sometimes are a little too absorbed in complex plotting than in having emotional truths, to put it very kindly. And this seems like it's going to be about an overall journey as opposed to trying to be clever. And I think that it helps that this one didn't have that ray with the red lightsaber thing you know, that there's no fake out. There's no twists in this trailer. I mean, there might be fake outs, but essentially there was no obvious talking point, I guess. And so it just felt like I was getting pumped as opposed to getting curious. Other than C-3PO scene, man. Jesus. I was just I mean, going to like, I was going to me up and they're like and that's the thing it's just like i'm watching this trailer it's like you know all these like ships and everything it's like oh this is really going cool. it's just like freaking c-3po i just want to see my friends for the last time i'm like no and then you're like because you don't ever think of like 3po dying and like anyone really giving it and then you're like oh man <laughs> it sucks yeah taking one last look sir at my friends oh, it's like oh it's a gut right th- in the gut that's when it hit me that i was like wow this is over this oh god um, and it's crazy because, like you said, it's like 42 years you've had this as a mainstay in your life. And now it's like ending. And even though you know it's not Quote, ending, unquote, ending, ending, but this part of the story is ending is still like so difficult to kind of digest and fathom. And hearing him kind of express it in that way was, you know, um, any other nuggets that jumped out to you during this trailer that you kind of either made you feel emotional or just made you think about how is this story going to play out? So the Ray and Kylo stuff, I believe that's that has got to be the underlying thing of all this because they keep coming back to those two. And obviously, you know, kind of Ben Solo's had a up, really up and down journey in the last few you know movies. A lot of people are wondering if they're going to get together, and I don't think that's going to happen. But I think no more shirtless Kylo. Well, who knows? Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's sopping wet in the rain, so I think I think that like fulfills some thirst out there for folks. But I think. You go back to what in The Last Jedi, there was a thing when, you know, Ray, she looked in the future and she, she said, you know, you'll be the one who turns. I, I can't remember how what it says. But I think Force Awakens was pretty much use the template of the original Star Wars. If this uses the template of Return of the Jedi, which it looks like it's going to because it, it has the ruins of the Death Star, but there's friggin just standing in that had Darth Vader finding redemption at the end. Vis-a-vis, I think his grandson's going to, too. Kelly, what do you think about what was their particular moment seen from the trailer that kind of sparked any thought about how this story is going to go? Yeah, I think Brian made a lot of really good points about Raylo, as as the fans like to call it. But one thing that stood out to me was seeing Ray, Finn, and Poe together so much. Because if you recall, Ray and Poe only met at the end of the Last Jedi, and even though they're this like you know the new like trio they haven't actually been together all that much and so i'm really excited to see that i obviously love both of those characters they both have really good actors behind them so that's gonna be really interesting and you know i feel like that sort of unleashes some of the full potential of the sequel trilogy in terms of you know what great casting they had and what great what great characters they added to it so i'm really excited to see that i'm obviously incredibly excited for the space horses can we just talk about how amazing the space horses are the space horse battle. The space horse is running on a spaceship mid battle, mid flight. Perhaps in the atmosphere, but who knows? Who knows? Who cares? Freaking horses. <laughs> on a Star Destroyer. Not in a Star Destroyer, on top of a Star Destroyer. I love 
battle sequences in film. I especially love medieval battle sequences. I am a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I am a huge fan of the Battle of Helm's Deep. Speaking of thirst being elevated when someone is wet, especially if they have long shoulder length hair, I uh, think horses are really cool in battles. And obviously, like the fact that lightsabers are derived from swords is one of the reasons that Star Wars battles are very cool and very different than other sci-fi. So I just love that vibe. And that also showed us our new character for this movie, Jana, played by Naomi Aki. So interested to see how she plays in. Clearly something to do with Finn. Uh, so I think Finn's going to have some interesting, important role to play in this. Because we've spent a lot of time with him. Other than probably, right, he's had the most interesting character art because he's gone from like, you know, canon father stormtrooper to being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Making a willful decision to like help out somebody and then, you know, and the whole reluctant hero part of it, finding some romantic action in the last movie. Like, there's a lot of thematic stuff that's happened with him in the last two two movies. And and I just feel like there's something that's going to be huge, I feel like, that happens with him. Because he is the first one we hear in the trailer talking about the Force, which you wouldn't think he'd be talking about the Force. And then... There's a moment where he's he shouts Ray, but he's in the same place as like the rainstorm where Ray and Kylo are. Why is that? And, you know, so that's that's more than a little interesting. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that that we need to find out still about him and his backstory because we I mean we don't even know his real name. Like Finn's like a part of like what Poe names him when he finds out what his um stormtrooper like code code name is. So there's there's so much we we still don't know about him. And it's not like we got another movie coming after this to figure it out. So I feel like there's there's something that's going to like drop with him. So one question that has been lingering through the course of this trilogy is who is Rey and where did she come from? And she obviously you get a drop in the trailer where she's basically like, you think you know who I am. You, don't, you have no idea. That kind of thing. Anything in this trailer change your thoughts or give new thought to who she might be? I mean, there's trailer. Like it reflects a lot of Luke off her because you have a lot of the like the Jedi kind of training sequences. A lot of the stuff from, from Last Jedi mirrored Luke's time on Dagobah with Yoda facing, you know, Vader helmet not being there and his face being where, you know, Anakin's face should be. So and I feel like there's still a lot of that here where there's like a blast helmet that comes off that's just kind of, kind of like Luke's. Her running through the forest feels like Return of the Jedi. Yeah, him on a speeder bike with Leia. And again, we come back to that Death Star sequence with Luke and Darth Vader. You know, it's reflected with with Rey and, and Kylo in the same friggin' room, but just kind of like the ruins of it. So I feel like there's less kind of parentage kind of thing in this trailer. Although I, I do think we're going to find out more about that. I think JJ's, mm. he's got something cooking with that. But I think this is more about how much She's kind of like the Luke of this trilogy, what what that kind of means in the grand scheme of things. Now, I know, Kelly, you've talked a lot about you like the idea of Rey as she belongs to no one. She kind of represents the idea of the Force and being a Jedi is something anybody can do and not just tied to a particular family or lineage. Do you still feel like that's the way they're going or has did anything change when you watch this? I mean, nothing changed when I watched this. It changed when J.J. Abrams took over episode nine from Colin Trevorrow. Not that I wanted him him to direct anything that I will ever watch. But J.J. is far more likely 
to make Ray integral to the familial story than Ryan Johnson clearly was. So yes, I agree with Ryan, but I don't really, it was just like confirmation of what I've already kind of assumed and hopefully he'll do a good job of it. She better not be a clone. God Ugh. help me. That is, a, there, that is a theory that I've seen floated around where she's a clone of Anakin, I think. There's a theory that Anakin shows up in this thing. Oh, I hope And not. I was, I'm just like, man, don't make me hate Star no. Wars after 42 years. He has to stay dead. If, that, he, if he comes back from the dead, then that's going to suck. I'm going to be really disappointed. Well, the Emperor's back, so you got to wonder. But that was different because his death was ambiguous. So it's like, yes, you see him falling through whatever it is at the end of Jedi. Yeah, and that never takes. And, True. you know, you never see that. But So I can kind of get away with that. But I this mean, is a dude who built an army off of clones. And this is the guy who created Darth Vader out of Anakin Skywalker. So you don't think he like scrapes some like, you know, skin off of him got... and put him in a put it in a I'm going to keep this for later. Look at this Q-tip in my cloak. I'm going to go get some DNA swab. Yeah, because I mean, if he's a guy who creates a clone army, if you've done all this stuff and you've created Darth Vader, you probably want to have a backup plan in case somebody Darth Vader up and I need another one. So you know he took some, like, blood tissue samples, and, you know, that worries me. Because, you know, J.J.'s talked about how this is going to, like, be a closing chapter of all of these movies to unfortunately include the prequels. Unless he brings up midichlorians again, which Abby is worse. Do you know, I kind of think the fact that he brought back the Emperor is how he incorporates the prequels without getting into the stuff that people don't like about them. I mean, I think it's going to have to do with, like more of like his ever presence in the galaxy as opposed to like any of like the weird like the clone stuff like I just feel like that's not JJ like simple plots essentially so you think of like Super 8 yeah which is like a really defining film for him and people were sort of underwhelmed by that monster like the whole point of it was that he was just like inevitably he wanted help and to be nice to people but he he kidnapped them in order to do it because he didn't understand this world. Essentially, you know what I mean. Like it's it's like it's sort of the um, the adage where like the simplest answer is the the truest one. So it's like to me, it kind of is him sort of course correcting from the failure of Snoke to be a compelling villain and pulling in something historical, someone who we know is scary to be the reason for all the villainy. There's an old school battle droid in. In the scene with C-3PO. Hopefully that is like paying homage to the prequels. Just, yeah, these movies happen, but we're like more concerned with the original trilogy. So, okay, two thoughts. First is my, I don't know if it's my hope, but my thought is the Emperor is involved because he somehow recognized that she had some sort of force within her and somehow maybe isolated her in hopes that she would turn in some form or I don't know. I would rather have that than a possible clone thing. The other thing with the clones is if you clone, if you had the ability to clone Vader, why? what would stop you from just cloning several if you're looking at like dominating the galaxy? Wouldn't you want to clone a few of them and just have them kind of We don't know if around? he did. I mean. He might have. It's possible, but I don't. I... I don't getting into like canon stuff, we don't know that anyone had cloning technology besides the weird tall aliens on Kamino because yeah. I know a lot of stuff. I've seen the prequels many times and know all the lingo. So. They thought that they were making Clone Army for a like exalted Jedi council member and not for the um either 
Palpatine or an evil emperor. So there's no saying that he would have had access to that technology after he became the emperor and that they would have been. um, I mean, Palpatine, Palpatine took over the entire galaxy. So he would know the technology was there. Go steal it from the little crazy alien people. He's probably going to take like anything he can get to kind of rule the galaxy. So that that would not surprise me at all that he has that technology. Now, the bigger question is, is he responsible for the First Order? Because we don't know where the First Order came from. Yeah. But that's still the, probably the biggest question about the trilogy is, in fact, we have no flipping idea where this thing came from. Question, plot hole, same thing. But if he's behind all this, then that's one thing. But it's like, did he know about Ray? Does he have something to do with Ray? Did Ray existing wake him up? Who knows? Hopefully we'll get some answers to that of like, where has he been all this time? Do you know what I want to know is who was Max von Sydow's character from the first scene of The Force Awakens? Um, oh, yeah. The old man who gave the map to Poe in that very first scene who was oh, living in the little right. tent yep, and then yep. Kylo recognizes him and kills him. Yeah, within the first five minutes of the movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. First few minutes, yeah. Oh, that'll be interesting, yeah. So who's, who else is going to die, do you think? That's the that's what I was wondering, too. I mean... Probably 3PO, I think they're telegraphing that. I, I, there's a lot of stuff in that trailer where, like, that's not real. That's probably, like, some kind of dream sequence or something. But that C-3PO scene looks like it comes from, like, an actual scene within the movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably something where he something does happen. Yeah. Well, the thing I was wondering, too, is... Um, with Leia, like obviously with, you know, Carrie Fisher passing, how do they handle that? Because I don't know how much time they got with her for this movie. And if it's just like from, you know, previous filming, I don't know. It, yeah, it is. It is. It's kind of, it can't be that much. So it's probably like a couple of scenes where she hugs Ray and there's probably like some emotional scenes. And then she probably dies in an explosion that we, we don't really, you know. It's either off screen or it happens and you, she's in a spaceship or something and it blows right. up. You can cut to an image of her like looking out a window and then right. something can explode. Right. Yeah. That would then explain because the resistance is a small group. It's scrappy. But like yeah. if Leia dies, then that's at least something to be like, she's the hero of the Rebel Alliance. We need to kind of come together now. The other thing I was wondering, too, is if we get a ghost Luke appearance at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's on the poster. And he's kind of dead. So. And you hear his voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's coming back. He was in the Vanity Fair cover shoot. Right. <laughs> and I, But I do wonder if we're going to have, like, dead Jedi Club again at the end. Well, I wondered if Palpatine was just going to be a ghost. No, other. because he's sitting right there. He's in that little, he's in that little floaty thing. In that one scene where you like, he's like a little, you can see it and like Ray's right, like. Oh, I didn't. I'm like I didn't making. Clock I'm like on a podcast. I'm making things with my my face. My I did not clock that. Yeah, but he's like he's like kind of like in a in a it's like floaty thing, and you can kind of see the cloak kind of moving a little bit. I think that's him. And so I think he is actually a real person, but I feel like we do have a dead Jedi club where we maybe that's where Anakin comes, where we see. We see Hayden Christensen again. No, we, see... we won't see Hayden Christensen. Oh, I Even bet if... we do. I don't know. He doesn't really know. want to be a part of it. No, like but he his was, personal cel- he was life. in celebration the other, a few years ago. I mean, he he's, was? he's made yeah, he's made peace with it. They'd bring him back. Do you know he has a farm in Canada? I just think that's a great fun fact. I want a farm. No, we all do. So that's one way to bring him back. But also, I think I think we could have you McGregor, like mm-hmm. a little you McGregor action, mm-hmm. because then that was set up. Oh yeah, remember this guy? He's gonna have his own Disney Plus show. You know. I definitely do think we're going to have like a dead Jedi club. 2.0. Exciting. 
Okay, listeners, it's your turn. Uh, what did you think of the trailer? What are you most looking forward to? Are you excited for six months of hot takes after this movie comes out? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod. You can also tweet at us individually. I'm at Brett Molina23. I'm at Brian Truitt. And I'm at KLALS, K-L-A-W-L-S. And don't forget, you can email us, too. We're at MothershipPod at usatoday.com. That'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producers of the Mothership this week, Shannon Green and Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to the Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, we would love a rating or a review because it helps other people find the show. And you'll get a special shout-out, so everybody wins. Um, If Apple Podcasts isn't your jam, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next week, friends, nerds out. Later. See ya. And again, don't forget, send us your favorite Halloween costumes. We're going to pick a winner, and the winner gets to pick episode topic of The Mothership. So send them all in. We love seeing them. Bring it. Bring it.